Hello and welcome back to the Room Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined today by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Alex. Wow, wow. Wyatt. Hello. And Brett. Hello. We're here to talk about things that are probably going to make all of us a little bit angry. So <laughs> we, we really went for the controversial topics today. Well, I don't know how truly controversial this stuff's going to be. Uh, we're going to be talking about what, when you're making a game, should it be for you? Is this a game that's for when, when people are playing a something? And Brett, correct me if I'm wrong. This, this topic idea came out of the response to Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. So we need to talk about this. We need to set a line here and be like, okay, what what does it mean for a game to be for you? And is it okay if it's not for you? I think is where we're going with this. Yeah, because you mentioned when, when you're making a game, is it okay to not have it be for a group of people? But it's also when you're viewing a game, do you have the piece of your brain that's functioning activate and be like, oh, this game isn't bad. I just don't like it. Because uh, that's there's two two issues that are when I play Dark attached Souls. to each other. Um, Dark Souls but, is uh, a great example of this. That is a good example. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure we're going to be bringing up Dark Souls and Elden Ring quite a bit. In Difficult this, games uh, in general. Yeah. Uh, all fall under that same uh, that same banner where it's just like, hey, uh, I because it, it it's just a really easy thing to bring up. The thing about difficult games is that. They're really, really friggin' hard. And you know what? When the difficulty is part of the game design, uh, to the point where, you know, it's even thematically woven into, like, the story and world and everything, you might not want to compromise by putting in, like, an easy mode or something like that. And that no, it's is part of the going v- to... It, it, that's going to cut off people that just want to play... I mean, I don't want to say casually, because I'm sure there's millions of people who go to work their 9 to 5 five days a week and still come back home and play Dark Souls or whatever. But, you know, there's just people that don't want to play hard games, and that's fine. Uh, The hard games don't have to change for those people that don't want to play the hard games, though. Yeah, it's it's part of the vision. Because I I always like to, you know, reiterate at the end of the day, video games are an art form. That there are multiple ways to interpret, one of which, very importantly, is the creator's, you know, uh, intentions. Yeah. 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 It's it's a very like it's a very bizarrely like self-centered perspective to be like, hey, this game that isn't supposed to appeal to me in any way has to appeal to me. Because you have mm. to understand that there's a lot of people that play video games. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of people that play video games. And a lot of those people aren't going to be you. They're not going to have the same taste that you are. They're not going to have the same set of interests that you are. And it's really important. (laughs) And it's really important for an industry like this to have content that caters to everyone that's interested in that industry to begin with. You Mm got to have, you got to have games for people who like puzzles. You got to have games for people who like story. You got to have games for people who like really, really hard games. You also have to have games for people who don't want, to be challenged that much it's just as important you know mm-hmm. and i do i do wonder too if a lot of the the pushback of like oh this game needs to be easier you do get a lot of very vocal people it's a minority but it's a very vocal group of people that are like oh easy games are bad because they're easy like it's the opposite side of the of the same coin and 
And it sucks to see on both sides. It's bad on both. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think all of us have seen that happen t- with both sides, but I think we often think about it less with easy games, or at least games that have yeah. an e- easy mode, because we're not precluded to immediately have a reaction to that. Cause I think most of us wouldn't see that as a problem. Whereas yeah. a lot of us play Souls-style games, at least Brett and I I've... do, and we see the reaction to those games very often and have a visceral reaction sometimes. I, I've <laughs> seen... Because, like, I'm familiar with Dark Souls, and I've had my experience with it, and I know, like, you know, it's not necessarily for me with its difficulty curve. I've seen a lot of stuff about people getting angry that games are too easy for people, which I think is just an awful and wrong stance Though I will general. say, I think often what happens is that argument gets combined with the this game by default is too easy thing. Of a, this is where I think the the thing with God of War Ragnarok last year comes up of, hey, don't spoil the puzzle for me. Every time I'm mm. about to do the puzzle, it's not a difficulty problem. It's an I'm looking at your pretty environment, and I spent a bunch of time standing there and admiring everything, and then the puzzle gets spoiled for me. And I'm like, well... There's, there's that. There's also, like, I've heard people get upset about accessibility settings. Absolutely. That, I think accessibility... That they're making people... No, like, I've gotten, I've heard people get upset about, like, there being more accessibility settings. Yeah. Like, they're trying what? to gatekeep That's something that people got more? upset about, um, I, I think God of War and Last of Us, <laughs> they, they had a bunch of accessibility options that, like, yes, you can make the game easier with the accessibility options. They're intended for people that need them. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, you don't have and, to and use them. And it's gonna them. get it, and you're it's gonna get it. use them if you, if you do want them, but they're, yeah. if you don't, it's... you just leave them off. It's gonna help it get exposed to like a bigger audience of people who may end up liking the game. It's yeah, and and that's the thing too. It's this is gonna come off as weirdly negative to say, but it's it's not supposed to be. But like, so that that the uh, Bungie when they were making the Halo games was always a thing that had the uh, the different difficulty settings. Heroic is the difficulty that the games were designed around. I. You know, it, it uh, on the one hand, it is like extremely, extremely uh, annoying to be like, all right, well, uh, all these other people get to have an easier time beating the game uh, just because of these accessibility options that I'm not going to use. So, well, the game's probably designed to not have any of those settings turned on. So you are, I guess, playing the way the the game was intended to be played because they can't account for every single accessibility option because a lot of them do fundamentally change the way that the game's played. Like, if there's quick time events, there probably is going to be an option to have them be slowed down or skippable. Uh, action set pieces are going to be just, like, simplified. So why... There's just no point to whine about it if you're going to be such a purist that you, there's no reason to whine about it because you're playing the game if you are fortunate enough to not need any accessibility options. You're playing the game in the designed way that it was meant to be played in. So I, I, I don't know. That whole argument bizarre. is very, very selfish in a bad way. Yeah, it's bizarre to complain about something that isn't forced on you at all. Yeah. Like, you don't have to engage in any of those accessibility features if what you want is, like, a really hard game. If, it's, if they're forced on you and you think there should be an option, that's a different discussion, I think. But at the same time, it's like... Last of Us 2, right? Uh, one of the accessibility features is a longer dodge window, right? Like, you can turn that off. 
It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then you never, ever have to think about it again. It never affects you. <laughs> it's yeah, bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah, it's just very strange. I think we see it a lot with these, like, difficulty problems all the time, because I think a lot of people like to gatekeep and feel superior. So. And so when there's Which something the that makes the game thing. easier... Can I, can I yeah. just say that? <laughs> gatekeeping for your own self-satisfaction is incredibly sad, and if you're one of those people, just reconsider that whole but, thing. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> also, but also, I... It's a stupid lapse in logic to begin with, um, because if you're gatekeeping a game like because like, you want to be better than so many people, why would you not let more people play the game? Because they're going to be worse than you at the very beginning. If <laughs> yeah, this is a, a so classic many hours example in the game. of how multiplayer games die, is because the community yes. becomes so gatekeepy and toxic that nobody new starts to play the game. And then eventually it's just the toxic people fighting each other, which maybe that's how what many, shouldn't happen. But <laughs> How many people will never, ever touch Dota or League or something like that just because... <laughs> just because, because exactly for that. like six years, if not more. No, closer to ten. So uh, you would understand better than any of us, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> But I also th- I think I will it's say, a case of like a someone being toxic in a match of Dota or League is a lot more affecting than someone being toxic in a match of Call of Duty or like another shooter that has short ra- match times because in mm-hmm. League you're stuck with them for the next 45 minutes. Like oh, yeah, you're in there for a true. while. Uh, and yeah, you can mute them. That's that's a solution. They didn't always exist. <laughs> like there's <laughs> uh there's a lot of issues there, but I I think that's why it's like more disruptive and MOBAs and other games that have like longer match times. I also feel like um you know yelling at like be- people be being mean and bullying other people on Call of Duty has been a lot more memed than it has in It's just funny. In MOBA. It's just yeah. become it's, funny. Like also it's you know there there's the <laughs> what oh what I forget exactly what game it originated on. But there is just the, the, the meme of that little squeaky voice kid yelling. It's literally too squeaky for the mics to pick up. That was, that was not incredible. audible. Oh, no. Uh, I'll say to my deeper voice, that get shit on. Get shit yeah, yeah. on. He's just, yeah, yeah. And the other guy's like, how old are you, man? Where's your mama? And he's just like, there's like squaring back at each other. It's Black Ops 2, I think. I remember. Well, exactly uh, there's a line from. between like being toxic on comms and trash talk. Like, if everyone's yeah, down yeah. for the trash talk, it's not a problem. But if people exactly. are, like, insulting, you know, anytime you get near sexism, racism, anything like that, it, yeah. it, hard line. Like, don't do that. Yeah. But It's, I mean, hey, the, the whenever you log into any game of BattleBit, that's what they have right in the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, like, we welcome healthy trash talk. Sexism, racist, whatever. Get it out of here. You <laughs> effectively ban people for it. Uh, you, you see well, it in that's the top the thing. right corner that's of the like screen. The solution for that problem is just having effective moderation. And the issue mm-hmm. is that, like, we, the scale, economy of scale really means that most very, very popular online games that don't heavily invest into it don't get that right. Like, they, they just can't yeah. keep up with moderation. Like, if there is moderation, it's going to solve the problem after the game and not during the game. Battle bid. If that person says something that the like voice monitor recognizes as being 
uh, a, a, like the monitor square of some type, uh, it immediately just kicks them. Like they're they're yeah. banned instantly, uh, and it's very effective. Like <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. Battlebit has been pretty good in terms of community so far. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm surprised because in that specific case, like. Like when when you see a big message in bold font come up on your screen before you're joining a server and it says like, hey, there's AI voice moderation that's going to be paying attention to what you say when you press push to talk. It's like, oh, is this gonna that this is going to backfire horribly? But like, no, you can you can get away with calling someone or something stupid. You can get away with making fun of them in an innocent way. You can get away with like swearing and cur- it doesn't really matter. But like, okay, N word comes out, you're out of there. Like it just ha- and every time Wait. you see it, top right corner, and it says the reason why too, because like. And it happens often enough where it seems effective, but nobody's complaining about it in the chat, so it must not be going haywire. I don't know how they did it. (laughs) And I like it. I like that too, where they they tell everyone in the match why this like this person was banned and why, because it's almost like they're shaming them. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I I do have to say I have to play back to the uh to to the gatekeeping thing, and this will kind of loop us back into to the main. Uh, overarching topic of of games being for you, uh, I I I have to play devil's advocate on the side of the gatekeepers because oh I'm so good and I play a game my way and if 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 you don't do this then you're bad and I don't want you playing my game it's oh now now Dark Souls is popular. And that means that people who are really annoying are going to play it and say that it's bad because they aren't good at anything and don't want to say that it's just because they're not good. They're going to blame it on the game being bad. I mean, and you I wish... recognize that, though, right? And so you don't have to pay attention to them. Well, hope, even with you how can recognize the media that is with them. You can recognize that it doesn't make it any less annoying. And uh, it's something one of the notes that I took a very, very small amount of notes that I took uh, beforehand for this uh, is that it seems like the people that say those things don't have the wherewithal to notice that, oh, this game just isn't for me. It's not a bad game. It's just not for me. And they're just going to go to the Internet and say that game is bad. Sometimes, as we will talk about, at some point, it will affect review scores and actual reviewers. And people that you think you respect will say things that are absurdly stupid because they've worded it in a way that makes them seem like they don't even understand what they're talking about. Um, which of I course like we're talking about Final Fantasy 16, but of course uh, not. <laughs> yeah. But that's I, I understand from from a certain point of view, and that goes for for lots of media that isn't just like the the bog stand. Like if anything requires more thought than that of like a fifth grader, then there, people are going to be gatekeeping it no matter what. Sometimes for really annoying reasons. Sometimes for okay. The, the person that watched this very thought-provoking movie, clearly it just went whoosh, and they didn't pay attention, and they're going to say it's bad because they're stupid. That's why there's a whole game show about being smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there is a certain... It's I almost... I, I guess, and maybe this is because gatekeeping has like a very negative connotation. I would almost not even does. call that... I'd almost not even call that gatekeeping. That's just more like looking after your community in a in a way yeah that's fair um which you know people can can completely take overboard as well like let's Mm -hmm. not i'm doing this for the community no you're not (laughs) but um (laughs) no that that's it's it's that's a very different like goal where it's like hey i'm here 
just for the the sake of keeping a healthy community going and less of like i just want to play with good people so i can be challenged or something like that mm -hmm. something ridiculous like that yeah i i think that's a, a good point um i also think a lot of it comes down to whether or not a game's like pvp or pve because in a pvp scenario mm -hmm. accessibility options can have a knock-on effect of like if someone's using them that shouldn't be your your curves thrown off like then everyone yeah. needs to use it because it's optimal uh, and that, I think that's often the reason why these things are usually handled by like an adaptive controller or something rather than being an in-game uh, adjustment on most like competitive shooters or something. Um, mm -hmm. That's just a case of like, yeah, to have people people play on an even playing field until we find some better solution for accessibility in those types of games. It's just hard to include those options and it does lead to abuse basically of, of those systems. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. often just the case for, like, why most shooters, you're not going to find a... Or most competitive games, you're not going to find a difficulty slider for the competitive mode. <laughs> like, it, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like, so, like games that have, like, a major league scene or whatever, like, wh like these these like are e things games. that... Yeah, like, e like, like high-tier, like, Counter-Strike or, like, Rainbow Six or something. Like, I love shooter games, and I am fortunate enough to once again have what I believe to be full control over my, my brain and digits. I ca I no accessibility options in the world. Whoopsie. Are gonna be <laughs> no accessibility options in the world are going to put me on the same playing field as the people that play that stuff all the time. So yeah. there's almost it's like when when the game becomes so competitive, I feel like that's a point where it's like okay, this is for this one like super small group of people that are going to make it popular just because of how good and focused they are at it. There's not that much we could do to cater to to people that aren't. Honestly, probably not that interested in it. I I don't know. I don't know how much the overlap is of people who are like, I want to be like a, a top tier Valorant player, but also need to use like 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 really serious uh like accessibility options beyond just like a colorblind filter or something. You know, like something where yeah, like in uh like Last of Us, where like the the like combat timing has changed. Uh, I don't know how much overlap that is. I feel like that would be an interesting study to do, but. Okay. Yeah, I agree. We're definitely a ways away from getting to some kind of balance where you can implement that without it I mean, and, basically ruining the game, unfortunately. And that's not even taking into account some genres, just no matter how hard you try, there are just certain types of people that just, it's just not going to happen. And that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. But that's also the reality of the situation. Sometimes it's just not going to work out. Someone with motion sickness probably not going to play a lot of flights <laughs> so, yeah, like, or vr games <laughs> vr no matter, is a big example of no matter what kind of options you have some some combinations like that's just not gonna I, I think a good analogy here is roller coasters so you've got a mm -hmm. roller coaster tons of people love roller coasters tons of people don't like roller coasters there's no accessibility <laughs> option on a roller coaster <laughs> yes <laughs> it's either you got in line and got on it or you didn't <laughs> There, there, there's a different roller coaster. That's the accessibility one. And yeah, the you, only there's way there's the ones designed for 
less intensity. Like there's a yeah. reason, and I'm, I'll there fully are... admit, I'm not a roller coaster person. Like I want the less intense stuff, not the. There, there, there... I'm in the worst situation. I'm a, I love roller coasters, but I'm at an age now where I can't, my body can't handle them anymore. But there, I love roller coasters. That, see, you you have a nice metal roller coaster, and then you have the ones that are made out of wood that make your teeth shake in your head. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is, too, how do you know that you don't like going on roller coasters and they make you not able to breathe and start crying? You get on one and it sucks. <laughs> when you're a little kid, you get on one. Now you traumatizes you. Now you know. Exactly. Oh, I thought you said make you not be able to breathe and start crying. <laughs> trust me, trust me, buddy. I'm on a podcast. Okay, I I have that problem for different reasons. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Great job, Alex. Really focusing us in on the uh, the point at hand here. Um, I swear to God, I've said this several times. We have to have a compilation of just weird, <laughs> random shit that comes out of Alex's face on every I mean, Alex compilation. Yeah. It, it's me mishearing things and talking about Willem Dafoe. And mm-hmm. that's the sum total. Don't forget <laughs> baby paste. Perfect. Baby paste. Baby paste. That that was a group effort. <laughs> yeah, it really a group effort. Uh, same with goo exclamation point. <laughs> yes, yes. Now that we've, we've gone on the in joke, Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I do so want to point out here yeah. the the designed like decision thing because I, I think circling back to the Soul series as sort of the exemplifier of this problem. Um, mm. Souls games don't have difficulty options. They never really have. They, they sometimes have like an in-game thing that can make it harder uh, yeah. if you opt into it. But like the bell and Sekiro. Yeah, there's just not a lot of stuff that makes it easier. I do think like there's an ability to have accessibility options that would be able to be used by the average person. Like I think the solution for those games is not to have like a separately designed difficulty just because of like dev time. Like. They're never yeah. going to come out if you design three different mm-hmm. difficulties for every Souls game. Uh, instead, just have like a basically a cheat menu. That's like here's some accessibility options of like, do you want your your damage scale to be lower so you're not getting one shot? And I think that would just yeah. it's a solution. It's just not going to feel like, I, great for everyone. It, it definitely like... is a solution. I think you could do that in in some from soft games because of how good the player feedback is with how hard you're getting hit you still mm-hmm. feel punished even if you're not yeah. even if it's not an instant kill i i think too i mean you could just have like the default like like normal dark souls 1 damage speed regen everything values just like right in the middle of all of those sliders so if you, like okay you you've placated all the people that want to make it easier for themselves You've also now placated the people who want to make it even harder on themselves because yeah, now they have more sliders. Exactly, and I feel like that plus, would make in Dark Souls's case and all the FromSoft games. I feel like that would be a good compromise. Plus, you know, if it's really an issue for you where, where you're you're dead set on like this game would be better if it was easier or something, I'm fairly certain with how big the modding community is for Souls like games. Yeah. There's people have modded yeah. easy modes for every FromSoft game ever and if you really want to do that Get i've heard that there, i've yeah i've heard that there are ones that are actually quite good in terms yes. of like being yeah they're like full rebalances that just try to oh. give a different feel because like I, I think the reason that these games don't have these by default is because they they're going for a specific feeling and not doing anything that deviates from that 
Yeah. If you prefer, say, more of an action game, and you you like like the game, and you're you're playing it, but you're like, well, maybe it would be more fun to me if I had like faster regen on certain abilities, or I could attack a little faster or something. There are mods for that. Like, hundred percent, the people have rebalanced the game around different systems. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's generally a good way to handle it. Of like, just don't don't restrict modders, and they'll solve the problem as in a way that is probably better than you would have come up with. So, you know, you know what? Oh. Also, if someone messages on a you know message board or something, say saying, "Hey, I played Sekiro on the easy mode or whatever," don't give them a lot of shit. It's not really needed. It's not. No, yeah. No, don't give them uh, shit. Don't take not... their advice on on monster balance. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't listen to them for game design things, but don't. Don't don't, don't shame them. It's not necessary. Them for, yeah, not necessary. They've already they they. They should feel enough shame admitting that they play it on the easier mode. You don't have to double down on it. But, but that goes back <laughs> to that just like healthy. Of course, <laughs> that just goes back to that like healthy community thing, though. It's like, hey man, yeah. other people are enjoying your game, even if it's not in the same way that you enjoy it. Doesn't matter. Y'all are enjoying the same game, and that's something worth celebrating. Just, just like how exactly. I mentioned earlier, with you know games being an art form, there's more than one way to to experience and enjoy art. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know what weird and wacky mod I would like to see in a Dark Souls game? Zero gravity. <laughs> that that I, may I would already love to see exist. that too, Alex. <laughs> that may already be real. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. I, I've done a lot of Elden Ring modding, and I, I believe that might be one that didn't make it. Give, give it a week. <laughs> give it a week. As soon I'm, look, as I'm looking it up ones. right now. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> you go to Nexus. That was last year, it. so there could be some new fancy mods coming out. Um, True. Yeah, so I want to focus us in on Final Fantasy 16 because it yeah. just came out. It's what started this conversation. I think it really brought it to the forefront because I think it was an indicator of 16 having reached a really wide audience, which is very cool and very good for the game. Um, I think this was really like a moment where people that have not played many Final Fantasy games or maybe have only played one got into their heads an idea of what Final Fantasy is yes. that is not the same as what the developers think Final Fantasy is. And I, I think this is just, it's easy to do because if you've only ever played one Final Fantasy, that's probably your baseline of like what you think mm -hmm. these games should be like. They weren't aware and... that the game keeps reinventing itself. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So if you played ever more than one Final Fantasy, like even the sequel to a, the ones that do have like numbered sequels, like 13-2 and 10-2, uh, they always change the gameplay. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> there's never, even within like those sub-sequel things, there's never one that is still the same system exactly. It's, it's always some degree of change. And I think that has for people that have played like that, they go in expecting Final Fantasy 16 to be different, they'll be happy with it. Like, as long as you're into action games as a thing, which is a whole separate thing of Final Fantasy now moving into action as sort of the main thing. But, like, they've been doing that since FF7 and moving to ATB. Like, it's not yeah. a new thing. Uh, even the ones that were still more turn-based, or still kind of turn-based, were action-heavy. And, like, FF7R had, I think, a really good middle ground of being action and yes. having the ability to pause. So, I don't know. It's it's not surprising to me that this reaction happened. I think the degree of, of which 
like the scale yeah. of it was what was surprising it's 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 the degree and scale and it's the it's the personalities involved where i feel like like the, the people that like suddenly like talked about the game in in and it's not okay cuz again we're talking about the difference between uh the game not being good talking about it negatively that way and uh just the game not being for you and talking about it in the wrong negative way uh cuz you can not like a game that's fine but like again we're talking about people who are just like i they're just bashing the game basically because they didn't get it um and uh it it's like it's almost what is the what's the stupid marvel show out now with the the among us secret imposters secret yeah wow. what are, what are the what are the things called the the scroll, oh, the scroll. i wanted to call them the krang but i feel like that's from like ninja turtles or something i yeah, yeah that's that's, that's the brain of the guy yeah, yeah it but but it it feels like it feels like like Jason Schreier was just revealed to be a scroll the whole time because like I feel like 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 all like any like at this point like any game that he talks about you'd be like oh yeah well I mean he's a knowledgeable guy he does all this research he has a lot of like not that many articles compared to a lot of reviewers but the ones that he releases are all very like super well researched super knowledgeable like great reads in general and then I forget exactly what the comment was but he just he like entirely agreed with uh the the um like Kotaku article or something where it was like yeah the game handles like uh uh this aspect of storytelling uh really like poorly or whatever and it's like oh that's that's weird Dan that's like kind of disappointing I I see a lot of people are echoing that and then me watching uh Wrestle Ryan uh play the section of the game where like 20 hours in that is expressly addressed and tackled for like the remainder of that portion of the game it's like ah Jason Schreier didn't finish the game when he, he was talking about it. He gave it the <laughs> good like, old huh. demo treatment. It's yeah, and that that's a thing. Like I, even IGN, as much as people will bash IGN, deservedly so most of the time, they have review in progress. When the game first comes out, even if they get it early, if it's like an expansive game like Final Fantasy 16, like you're, there's no way if, if you get it two weeks in advance you're probably not even going to finish it in that amount of time if you're trying to do like everything and try even to even if like... you're beelining the story you're not going to exactly yeah it. it could for like a reviewer's standpoint like taking notes the whole time like seeing what you like and don't yeah, also like, note here schreier does like pre-assign the contra the more controversial thing he said with that he does really like the game too yes he, he, he did say that to but give it's... him credit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't mean to say this that he's like an idiot or something, but it's just like even he is falling victim to being like, dude, they they literally did this, and you said they didn't. So I don't know if you just weren't paying attention. And again, like, just he's because he's he's an easy name to throw out because he's well known. So many individual people, YouTube reviewers, game review outlets are all like different. Like whether it's the 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 in universe like slavery or female characters or Kingdom Hearts bullshit just like random stuff that like these are you know they're in other final fantasy games uh and wouldn't you know it they tackle them with tact and and well-written stories in 16 too it's just they just didn't get to that part of the game and didn't want to say that they didn't get that far into it yet because it's really hard to ignore when you get to that part of the game and they do exactly what you were asking for and saying that yeah. they didn't and I also yeah, think I mean, that, like, Schreier called the game the end of the story and incoherent mess, and I think that is just indicative of the difference in approach to storytelling in mm -hmm. America and parts of Asia. 
especially like we've talked about this with mecha shows a lot of like sometimes they devolve into space magic and that yes. doesn't mean it's bad that just means it's going into space magic and trying to say something that's a little bit more high concept than what the show might have initially led you to believe it which like i'm peak. <laughs> close to that oh, point in final fantasy oh we've lost him yeah swap the oh he's back was that everyone or was it me? That was just Hello? you. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> we're fine. We're, we're good. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a case oh, of just okay. like, there's often different approaches to storytelling. Just because you may not at first glance understand something doesn't make it bad. Like, yeah. I will... I, I, media literacy is a thing that's important. And here's what I'm going to say, too. I'm going to throw my hat into the ring in terms of playing devil's advocate for a second. Say there's a game that I like and someone else doesn't like for whatever reason, right? If we can have a discussion about it and they can give me very clear and understandable reasons why they don't like a certain thing and that's why they don't like it, I'm far more okay with that. It's like, if you can, if you can yes. sit there and give me very clear, sound reasoning why you don't like something and I do... That is totally fine, and that's not down to like a. It's 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 a slightly different case than like oh this isn't just this just isn't for you. If you legitimately think it's bad and you have really sound reasoning for that, that's totally cool as well. The two things are not mutually exclusive, in my opinion. Yeah, how do you think we all have managed to remain on the same show for this long? <laughs> that's exactly because by this point, to to varying degrees of of managing to throw in some some bullshit and making fun of each other in a friendly fashion, we've all mastered that. And and I yeah. think that the reason that uh you know just because of how like social media is and and parasocial relationships uh with how everybody thinks that everything that happens on on Twitter and online is so important nowadays. Uh, it's like people who are looked up to to make like reviews and basically make those calls for other people who are like, hey, you know, I I, I only make enough money to get this this one game this month or this year or whatever. So I'm gonna look to I'm, I'm gonna look up to the to the skill up review for Final Fantasy 16. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, if 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 sometimes you have to just go off the opinion of somebody else, but I feel like nowadays, especially, we've gotten to the point where uh, they they haven't had to say that it's their opinion for so long that now I feel like a lot of people are just starting to assume that, okay, well, because they didn't say that it's their opinion, it must just be fact. This game just must be bad. It must not be that they don't like it. It must just be that this game is very flawed and not very good. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad combination of what you just said, parasocial relationships with reviewers, and also, like discussions of art online has become and you and i have talked about this when it comes to um indiana jones the new indiana jones movie mm -hmm. discussion is either this thing is the greatest thing i've ever seen or this is the worst pile of dog shit thing i have ever yeah. seen played whatever in my entire life and it is always more complicated than that almost yes. always more complicated than that <laughs> there uh, is a reason that in between the numbers 1 and 10 on a 10-point scale, there are other numbers <laughs> that you can also give to things. And yeah. it turns out that 5 is right in the middle and isn't really that low at all. It's four whole things from the bottom. 
it's four other whole things from the top, but I, I by this point, I feel like it's just like some some American education system saying that like a, a 65% is a is a and below is like failing or whatever, uh, which I, I guess is what you were about to say. But I feel like it's 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 bled into everyone's brain when they're rating something. It's like, oh, well, this is how they they rated me on school. So if 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 I give this thing or if I see that this thing on uh, like my anime list or something has a 5.14 out of 10, that means it's it got a 50 percent on the test. And that means that it's bad. So I'm not going to watch it because everybody else says it's bad. It's like Dude, it's wild to me because it's in the middle. It's OK. Is, five <laughs> is completely average. Yes, it's in the middle. It is fine. <laughs> but then, it's, all of a sudden it's terrible. Where, and like, and we're even guilty a... with this on the fantasy critic thing where, you know, if it doesn't score above 70, we don't get points for it. Well, yes. OK. Well, yeah, and then you, and then you add into... off of reviewer scales, which, which, which are all different. The idea that they're all skewed. And yes. generally, like if a game is getting below a seven, it's not seen as worth playing most of the time. And, um, go for it, Wyatt. And to add into all of that, too, I have found that people use the term mid, which inherently means almost always five out of ten. People use the term mid and bad interchangeably now, mm -hmm. which just muddies the water even more. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, I think it's, it's also stupid because like... go ahead, all, all of this is like all of this is like dumb semantics. But it's it's one of those things where it's just like enough enough of it seeps in to the lexicon of how everybody's talking and behaving, where you mm -hmm. don't even realize that it's changing perception of things. And people it's very really, weird, but it's true. Yeah, people really cling to the dumb dumb semantics too, because mm -hmm. because to them it, it to a lot of people it means a lot more <laughs> than just yeah. than just these are meaningless words to help us describe things. But for some people, it's it's like. It's like a ride or die thing, and it can really muddy the water in terms of. It's also uh, why a lot discussion of viewers of have moved into using instead of numerical systems like like it, love it, etc. It, it, mm -hmm. it gives more room for you to actually be a nuanced in your take on something um, and not feel like you're going to insult a bunch of people accidentally by scoring a game low that they love. Uh, and I I do mm -hmm. think it does come into play that video games as a medium we all i think tend to play what would be considered better than average games like i think that's generally the thing that happens and reviewers will tend to unless a game is really high profile only review better than average games which is why scores tend to be yeah like there's so there's many games in general tons of games that come out that don't get reviews and just aren't super like seen is worth your time um i don't want to say they aren't worth your time because I, I think a lot of people have discovered really good games by going into things that aren't don't get reviews but your average mainstream player is not gonna see you know the new indie game that released with like a cool aesthetic or a cool gimmick or something and go oh i want to play that and then look for reviews and then not find it and be like i'm not gonna play that I wonder mm -hmm. if anyone's ever made a review channel solely for RPG Maker games. I believe yes. someone has. Yeah, <laughs> oh, multiple, multiple people. Oh, oh. I, I RPG Maker games have a reputation. Of, like there are a yeah. lot of RPG Maker games that have garnered a reputation for being incredibly good, uh, mm -hmm. and I think would have gotten a lot of attention. So I have a friend making a, a, a RPG Maker game right now. Actually, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I think it's. It's great to see things getting more recognition, but it's also important, I think, to note that, like, review scores are not what you should go by. 
all the time no, for if you all. enjoy a game. Like, don't feel insulted if a game is getting scored low, because odds are reviewers review a lot of games like if it's especially if it's their main job and they don't have another uh job that they're doing in the side time reviews are their main thing they're gonna be spending so much time on any given review and they, they have to get to the next one and they got to keep going and they're gonna be playing games in a way that most players are not gonna play them yeah. like it, it's such a different experience uh than any normal game playing mechanisms um, and a lot of games are affected by that. I think in particular Final Fantasy 16 as well gets an odd sensation from that just because of the pacing of the game, where mm -hmm. if you're having to play it that quickly, the times when the game slows down are going to feel pretty bad because you just want to get to the next thing. And so maybe you skip yeah. some side quests and maybe those side quests that you skipped were important. And then you say all the side quests in the game are bad. And that's <laughs> yeah. where a lot of stuff comes in of like, I, I think in particular a few reviewers were like we played the early side quests and they were boring so we didn't play any of the later ones and I'm like oh no because <laughs> yeah. they get really yeah. good which to be fair a lot of the side quests in the beginning are kind of lame I'm not they're lame I'm but they're, gonna... they take so little time <laughs> yeah but if you just if you tough it out just a little bit. You get to some real, to some real gems. Some yeah. really. They really also good... make the point of Clive at that point in the story being someone that is forced to do odd jobs for people because that's his role in society. Like that is what he's been branded as, um, and it, it goes a little bit to enhance that part of the game. But I, I think that that's a a thing that certain people will like and certain people want won't because it's very particular. It's a thing that's not always going to be seen as good. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it, it's just had this knock-on effect of 16 has exposed this conversation to a lot of people that wouldn't normally have it, especially because people yeah. came in with expectations of going, this is what I think a Final Fantasy game is, when the core of Final Fantasy is that it's not the same. Like, yes, there are chocobos. Yes, there's probably a primal somewhere. Yeah, there's a crystal involved, you know? But none of that is a, like, core game thing those are just world details uh gameplay changes yeah. all the time and it's important to note that like that's part of the identity like i would be disappointed if i played a final fantasy game that didn't change something um yeah. outside of maybe ff7 remake part two but those are that's a unique case if you want an rpg franchise that that refuses to change it go play pokemon it's out there yeah, go play Pokemon. Fault. You've got yeah. 25 years of the same game. <laughs> yeah, it is, like, to a fault, the same exact thing. And anytime they do something cool, it's like they purposefully go back to not doing it again in the installment after that. It's like, oh, people like this? What if we made a much worse version of it next game? <laughs> but I, I... Go. No, 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 no go for I, it. I, okay, because I'm kind of going to... I'm taking a little bit of a, of a turn here. Um, Because I... I because they, they made a big point of, hey, this game uh, has a lot inspired by Game of Thrones. All all the, the, you know, that show that all you white people like in America? We liked <laughs> it over here, too. And we're going to make a game with some motifs from it because it turns out that good media can just be viewed as good th th no matter what <laughs> culture you're in. That's crazy. And even my mom was like, oh, Brett, there's a game called uh, Final Fantasy something and it has Game of Thrones. Are you going to get it? Is it? No, I'm like. I can't. I'm not a millionaire. I don't have a PS5. But like, that's where like when my mom is interested in something. That's when I know that just all the people all over the place who normally 
wouldn't really or that they've seen cloud before they've seen like lightning before or something and they just go oh well that's i mean whatever that's final fantasy i know what that is then well wait game of thrones was really good and so was that little spin-off show that they did and i've read the books and that guy just worked on uh, Elden Ring. I really like the idea of a Game of Thrones game that is something I haven't played yet. Let me go try it. And I guess besides Elden Ring in this imaginary but realistic scenario, they have not been exposed to just how different Japanese game design is when it comes to even just RPG elements, let alone characters, character design, story writing, visuals. And then they get into it and it's like, Wait a second. This is a Game of Thrones at all. I've been punked. <laughs> I'm playing tricked. something completely different. Get hoodwinked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, as much as that's going to work out really well for a lot of people who would like, oh, I didn't know I liked this, but now I know that I really like it, and I'm going to go try the others or something like that. It's going to just as much affect the other half of people in a negative way where they go, I feel like I have been falsely advertised to that, yes, all the things that would lead to me believing that this was inspired by Game of Thrones happened, but it is not the imaginary image I had in my head, and therefore I do not like it, and will go play uh, Age of Empires 4 again the entire way through. <laughs> Are you telling me I don't get to fight Jamie Lannister under the Erd tree? I've been <laughs> lied to. <laughs> and the, the other thing, too, is that I, I I feel like I try really hard to keep an open mind when a sequel, especially in a long-running franchise, tries to really deviate from the formula. Because here's the thing, is that you can deviate too far. That that can mm -hmm. definitely happen. Just look at 343 and Halo 5, right? You can deviate too far for a lot of people. That can definitely happen. But if we didn't have developers being more open-minded about what franchise they're working in we wouldn't get things like symphony of the night yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't really get things like uh like mario 64 which when you really think about it yeah it's 3d but i would i would say one of the bigger changes is that how open the the, the you know the structure is for that game right it's like you i i don't know i just try and be really open-minded when a game when a especially again a long-running franchise wants to try something new and i think I, I, I really respect when the developers have the the chutzpah to just be like, let's just do something different. Mm -hmm. Especially for a game called Final Fantasy 16, and that's not even counting the amount of Final Fantasy games in general there are. Mm -hmm. Why not do something completely different? Why not? You want Final Fantasy? There are 16 plus other or 15 other plus Final Fantasy games to play. if you play more than one of them, you're going to realize that the formula that you yes. thought was the formula doesn't exist. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I wonder what will be the finalist fantasy. Nothing. It's never going to die. Plus, I mean, it, <laughs> like, 72? I, it is so hard to believe that people who are starving for, you know, a, a turn-based JRPG are really starving right now. The amount. More, yeah. the, the amount of turn-based RPGs yeah, we've been treated to some good ones Inspired like, by Final Fantasy. It's like, listen, you may not get your kicks from Final Fantasy in terms of like turn-based RPGs anymore. There are so many options out there. Octopath Traveler 2. Excellent. To... Way better than the first one. You've got uh, you all the crazy Persona games. You got whatever metaphor is going to be. You've got all the 
everything Atlas if, is doing at this point, basically. If, yeah. yeah. If you if you want to get started in the in the like turn based JRPG stuff and you've never done it before, try Chain Echoes. Yeah, Chain Echoes was great. It was like a, I, I think it's just that people are are looking in weird places for these games and yeah. choosing like they're upset that Final Fantasy isn't Final Fantasy turn based anymore, but that was twenty plus years ago. Like that was older older games until FF10. Not twenty years ago, but like ten ish. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just not a, a thing that's exactly the case, and it's a weird expectation to have. Um, I do want to bring up the other... The, the one thing that I, I consistently have seen is that FF16 is less of an RPG than these other games. Final Fantasy games have almost always just had items that are straight numerical upgrades. Like, it, very rarely mm-hmm. does any FF item actually have stat modifications or, like anything more important than you do X percent more damage when a thing's on fire or something like, I don't know. This is exactly the same in my experience as most of the other final fantasy games that I've played in terms of like how much I care about what items I'm picking up. Yeah. They're always just a flat upgrade. And you know what? It's nice to not have to worry about item stats all the time and actually just get something that's like, here's your upgrade. Go to the next part of the story now and enjoy it. I mean, I mean the, the, the common, like, like, catchy you know uh uh phrase online is like oh uh, god of war ragnarok is more of an rpg than final fantasy 60 yeah well you know what i don't always like dealing with the loot in in god of war and god of war ragnarok either sometimes it was really annoying and i just wanted to hit things okay <laughs> sometimes you gotta learn that it's it's not super necessary <laughs> like it's not yeah, always you, unnecessary you go talk to a guy to it's just the you, fashion end game you, you go talk to a guy every now and then and you get a slightly beefier sword. That's fine. Doesn't get mm-hmm. in the way of the story. Doesn't get in the way of combat or anything. Whereas in like God of War Ragnarok, you're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta sit down in front of Brock and Sindri, and I gotta really think about this. But no, 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 no. Sometimes you don't want that, and yeah. that's clearly not what they were going for. And that's okay. I will say that's at okay. the end of the game, you do get they do say here, there's a sword we can make that's really cool. But you gotta go kill all these different things and bring us the pieces, and it's an excuse to go hunt down a bunch of monsters. And that, I would like my sword to be that. That's what I want my sword to be, is an excuse to go kill things um, yes. if I have to collect it. And it's it's a bunch of mini-boss fights, and it's very cool. So, yeah, I think it's just a case of... I don't know what Final Fantasy games these people played. Probably only one of them. Not sure which one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's most weird. of them did not have the mechanics that they're looking for. It's yeah. It feels like genuinely like they're they they just made it up <laughs> because like in <laughs> I, I in the the all the way back to the the SNES Final Fantasies like you'll just be playing Final Fantasy V and like a couple hours in you'll get oh the blood sword this is cool it's it's like red and a little purple because it's just pixels so you just have to imagine what the rest <laughs> of it looks like the description says it it, he, it it's like it has like vampirism it heals you for a percentage of the damage that you do awesome 15 minutes later it you just get a new one that doesn't even have the vampirism effect but it's just better so you just never use the blood sword again and it's fine and it's fine. <laughs> Nobody has cared about it ever. Why are we? Why are we pretending that that was a, a staple of the series to to get new, uh, uh, like crazy upgrades that will completely change the way? It's no. It's just the number bigger. 
okay, that's not where the <laughs> that's not where the strategy of playing the game yeah. comes from. The upgrades and that change things are the abilities that you get. <laughs> that's, yes, that's where the and how the spot you use that them. is. It's um, whatever. Whatever you're doing a sequel or a prequel or a pre-sequel or whatever to to anything, whether it's a game, movie, book, whatever, it's always important for me that you have the the soul of that thing, right? It's mm -hmm. like it's like you know, does does what I'm does what I'm reading, playing, consuming, whatever, does this feel like the things that I that I've done in the past, right? Does it does it carry that same kind of spirit? And if it does. You can you can really mess with the mechanics, in my opinion, as long as you still yeah. as long as that soul is is still there, right? It's like whatever whatever you want to say about Indiana Jones Five, it still felt like an Indiana Jones movie to me. Very and much it, so. And I was like, I'm sitting here, I'm watching an Indiana Jones movie, and that's like half the battle, more than half the battle, right there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving past Final Fantasy. I think another good game to bring up here is Street Fighter VI. Because Street Fighter VI has modern controls. And this is a thing... Th this conversation happens again every time a fighting game comes out that has like an auto-combo system or something else. Uh, Street Fighter VI's solution to getting new players into the game is modern controls. Which, functionally, they're an easier-to-execute set of controls that might limit your moveset a little bit, but you have... Uh, if you hold the trigger down and do something, you're going to get a cool thing to come out. It's, it's generally the way that it goes. So people have a problem with this. <laughs> people also, there's lots of people that don't have a problem with it. The thing with fighting games is that they, they often invite that conversation of how do we get new players in without ruining the competitive integrity of our game. Because mm. I think it's often that was sort of a problem with some of the other fighting games that have had these auto combo systems is they just sort of became like, you wouldn't be able to play the game competitively unless you were incredibly good. Like it was either, either you were playing with the auto combos until you were at like tournament levels of good or you weren't and you would lose because that they were just so good. Like there's no reason you would not do them. Street Fighter six gives you actual trade-offs of like, okay, if you use modern, your damage is 20% less across the board. Uh, Oh, you get less damage, but things are way easier to execute. So it's a lot more likely that you'll land a full combo on someone when you're doing something. And that trade-off is kind of like, well, you can make your, that choice for yourself. Of if you think if your barrier to playing the game better is your ability to input certain things, mm -hmm. try modern controls. Like I, for me, I can't, I can do it. I just hate doing it. The double full circles for Zangief to do a move. I don't want to do those. <laughs> I would put oh, sure. my controller around two times in a row. If I if I'm playing on a fight stick, it's fine. But if I'm playing on a controller, it's incredibly awkward <laughs> to do two full circles in a tight amount of time. Um, so you could use modern controls where you don't need to do that. <laughs> you just press a direction and, the, and then a button, and it works. Uh, so people are, are complaining about this. Well, okay. So there is a legitimate problem. Uh, there is a legitimate problem that comes up because modern controls. If you're playing with them, you're not going to get better at classic versions of the the characters. Like you're not going to get better at playing with c the controls that you're not playing with. And if you are playing with the classic controls, I think a lot of people there's a barrier there where the f skill ceiling on classic controls is sky high. The skill floor is also sky high. 
with modern controls, the skill floor is on the floor. Like, anyone can do decently with modern controls. So it's really hard to practice online with Classic unless you're playing against only other people with Classic. And I don't believe that this might exist, so I could be wrong, but I, I don't play a ton of online Street Fighter. I play it mostly in person. Um, it, there's just not an easy way to match make that of like, I only want to be matched with classic people. Um, and again, if I'm, if I might be fully wrong. <laughs> so take that in mind. But that, that's the complaint that I've heard is that like, you can get matched up with modern people and you just won't be able to get better at classic controls because it's just too hard to do anything if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, because you won't be able to respond fast enough to anything that people in Modern are doing, which is a legitimate problem, but at the same time, I, I don't know what the solution for that is. I'm not a fighting game designer. Uh, I'm sure they have their own solutions that they t tested, and this is what they came to. So, yeah. yeah. It's also a case of, like, we haven't seen big Street Fighter tournaments yet. I think Evo is going to be pretty telling as to what works and what doesn't, because what I and my coworkers who are into... Uh, Street Fighter are super curious about is is anyone going to play in a tournament with modern controls? I think it's going to be like well, the even allow point. It. Well, they're allowing it because Capcom Capcom runs the tournament circuit for Street Fighter, mm -hmm. and they they made a statement that was like, yeah, we'll we'll allow modern controls everywhere. And you just got to understand that like they do have that damage debuff, so mm -hmm. you are technically at a disadvantage, but you're at an execution advantage of like there are certain moves that you can do much faster than you could with a stick. So, yeah, I, I'm super curious to see what the results of these first rounds of tournaments are going to be because I think it's going to be pretty telling as to whether or not Modern and Classic are on relatively equal footing at a high level or not. Um, but yeah, it's just it's interesting, the, the approach that they've taken to try and broaden the audience for fighting games. And that's I... not even mentioning World Tour as a mode. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's just fun. <laughs> well, they're just fun, but it's also, it appeals to a lot of people. Of Like, yeah. I know a lot of people who like the idea of fighting games, but don't like the competitive part of them. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's competitive games are really a thing that you have to be a certain type of person for. And I'm Definitely. generally not that person. There's a weird thing with fighting games, because they're 1v1, and it's fully my fault if I lose... I, I don't run into that issue. I'm like, yeah, I, I can lose 20 times in a row and be like, oh, I see why I lost and get better. Um, whereas if I'm playing like a Dota style game that's 5v5, if I'm losing because someone else isn't doing something, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be discouraged. I'm just not going to know yeah. what's going on. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think Street Fighter has attracted a, a group of people that tends to not be competitive but really likes the idea of World Tour mode. So, mm. I mean, it's a good mode. So. <laughs> I, I, I just feel... want to go up to some random person in the subway and punch him and start a fight. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that can. in real life without in problems. A in a game. Yes. <laughs> in a game, I could do that without any problems. <laughs> uh, but it's it's interesting because uh, I, I feel like uh, the the Street Fighter is... Uh, the, the Street Fighter 6, uh, just without considering World Tour mode, just specifically what you're talking about with the, the controller differences or controls differences, is the the giving a man a fish and the guilty gear strive is the teaching a man to fish because giving a man a fish means he's going to eat for the day and he will be able to play street fighter 6 in the modern controls uh teaching a man to play guilty gear strive means that he now knows how to play the fighting game that is Guilty Gear Strive, and yeah. the only way you know, that it knows is playable how to fight fish. 
and now knows how to fight okay, fish gotcha, and gotcha. kill them for the rest of his life. <laughs> gotcha. But that's, it's it's yeah. It, it's I feel like it's it's pretty applicable to to that analogy because I wonder if in the like it, it it's I wonder if it'll have any effects in the the you know maybe we talk about or we we mentioned that uh the fifty percent of the people that got into Final Fantasy sixteen because they saw the Western influence and thought, hey, I like that thing too. I'm gonna try it out. And now they will go back to try the other Final Fantasies or hey, the the new Gundam show was specifically made for young people in mind to get them into the show and now they're going back and watching the old ones. I wonder if people are going to get into Street Fighter Six and use the modern controls because they're easier to get into, and then go back and try playing. Oh well, now I have one of my one of my old friends plays uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three all the time, and now I can play this with him. Uh. No, you can't. <laughs> it's uh. completely different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I wonder if the, if people are going to be realizing that that's a wall that they're hitting, or if that wall is going to be even there. Or if the modern controls will be enough of a lead-in to make learning how to play other fighting games easier. And yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's very curious be about that too, because they don't function like a regular set of fighting game controls, but that's not to say that they're like baby mode. Like, I think a lot of mm. things, like Guilty Gear has, I think, like a stylish mode that is often just like, that's the baby mode. That's the mode that just does everything for you if you use it. You still need to understand how to play the game if you're using modern, because... You have to know like your ranges, what your your sort of like neutral looks like, and all sorts of other things. Like you learn concepts of fighting games, but you're not going to learn mechanics of them very often. Of like, yeah, how to actually input a Shoryuken or something <laughs> and do those moves in other and, games. And I I do wonder too if if these like simplified controls can kind of serve this dual purpose of like. Kind of going back to what you were saying, Brett. It's like, hey, you don't know if you're if you don't like roller coasters until you just hop on one, right? Mm. Um, I I feel like simplified controls could be like a hey, here's kind of how what fighting games are like. If this is something that you think you may be more interested in, here's a more complex set of controls. If you're more interested in it, it kind of gives people more of a chance to to figure out whether this is something yeah. that they actually well because like before that. the barrier mm -hmm. to fighting games is more like having to build the roller coaster before you get on on it <laughs> you know like <laughs> you need to actually put together the pieces yourself before you can actually play the game at a level that is fun um and there's a, a big wall there that if you're just if you don't have the time or you're not willing to like lose 50 matches in a row at some point it's gonna be a hard time getting used to older fighting games. Like it's it's just not those games I, are not, not built in a way. <laughs> not willing to yeah. lose fifty matches in a row, and also that being the only game mode there is. Yeah, yeah so there's well, not really a way that's to a separate it. issue. That's a separate issue. So I I do take issue with a lot of fighting games that have no single player modes. I, I think arcade mm -hmm. mode is okay, but something like World Tour is phenomenal. Um, Mortal Kombat always does a great job of having like a single player campaign to play. Um, mm. Most games do, but there's it, just like some will just opt to not do any single player stuff, and I think there's a lot of people that care about it. Um, Definitely, surprisingly, and yeah, I, I think often because like fundamentally, if you're playing a fighting game, it's probably because you're interested in the characters. Like they're a game that the characters are the main marketing draw and the main thing that you're gonna stick around with. Like people will see the new characters here and be like, oh, I really like this the look of this character. What if I try them out and play them? And they might find that the character has a playstyle they like, so they keep playing with them and it's, get better at the game. It's the same reason that people that people are really into hero shooters is because yeah. like 
they they want to see those those characters and they want to see what they can do you know absolutely uh and and that's i think a huge benefit to the, these games but it does mean that like sometimes you might need to hit the point where you have to accept the game's not for you of like yes maybe you like the character design but the game itself is not for you i think most gacha games are like that like that's the thing with a game like mm-hmm. genshin is they fully sell that game on character design and then go you got to randomly roll a hundred times to try to get this character. Don't you want to do it? Don't you want to spend a little dough to try and get this character? And uh, you may Don't not you get love our design? <laughs> like, there's... Gacha games are manipulative as hell. Yeah. It's not, I'm never going to say Genshin's a bad game, because it absolutely is a very well-put-together game, but, man, it is very manipulative. Uh and yeah, there's a reason that I don't play gacha games. I'm like, they're if I want a character, I'm not willing to gamble 50 times to try to get them. I would rather just know that I can unlock them somehow. And I think this comes up with we streamed XR Primal last night. Uh, that bot's gonna be coming up soon. Um, we played that game, and like Alex saw, oh, there's a cool samurai suit. How do I get the cool samurai suit? And you can get it by just playing the game. It, now they also will sell it to you. So that's where they, they get their money. And at a $60 price tag, that's a little scummy. But yeah. uh, you can get it just by playing the game and leveling up. And levels went pretty quickly while we were playing. I believe... Like, we played for an hour and I hit level 6 or something. I believe my exact words when I saw that was like, man, they really know their audience. <laughs> the samurai guy with the big sword is the one you have to pay for or grind yeah. for. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're making the appealing one later on, so you play, keep playing. Uh, which, yeah, like there's an appeal to that, but at the same time, it's important to not have that appeal be too much or, or linked to a bad thing. Because uh, like that's that's how Dynasty Warriors has functioned for a very long time. Of like the appeal of those games is also the wacky characters that do wacky things, and you unlock all of them by playing the game. And as you play through the campaigns, you'll unlock them. So. And hey, you know, I we were we were dunking on Pokemon earlier. That's also a strength that Pokemon has is that some you people don't have who still to pay Pokemon, to catch a Pokemon. No, is in that people well, who as play long as Pokemon playing, today. Well, yeah, but people who play Pokemon today are mostly playing it because they love those those like Pokemon. They're attached so, to them, little critters. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's a that's something you have to keep in mind too. Is that. <laughs> I wonder how many people are playing Pokemon not because they like playing it, but just because they they, they want to see Charmander again. <laughs> hey, hey, and soon we're going to be able to play Pokemon, but with guns. Yes. <laughs> Good old Power World. It's uh, reinvent hey, the genre. You could also play Pokemon in your sleep now if you want to do that. What? Pokemon what? Sleep's coming uh, out soon. What? what? <laughs> Dude, I, I know this is the, the exact thing that happened last year. We talked about this game before. What? what? People okay. There's it's one thing seeing people. Okay, guys, I'm I'm, I'm shiny farming, ha ha ha. And they have like a, a wall of thirty six game cubes with the the Game Boy Advance adapter all all running the 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 same uh, uh, fire red all farming for shinies. It's another thing to see a person on their bed, six different iPhones all running on sleep, all like okay, I'm shiny farming, guys. It took a really long nap today, and it's like. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? 
<laughs> Pokemon Sleep Review yeah. coming soon. I'm sure. I don't remember, I don't remember this at all. This has to be a mass hallucination. This well, can't okay, be real. So it got announced know, they, a couple years ago Pokemon and then went radio dark for a while and they showed it again the, recently. We gotta do a Pokemon these are the Sleep Review. of a madman! We gotta do a Pokemon Sleep like games club where we're all just <laughs> it's the, video. Yeah, yeah. the entire video. Room. It's a six hour stream. We're, we're all like tucked into our beds or just <laughs> Amazing. What a great content farm. Can you imagine the Pokemon sleep streamers? Oh my <laughs> god. I mean people have streamed themselves sleeping. That's not even out of Exactly, the but for, now they can play a game while they sleep. What yeah, a... but for like challenges or charity or stuff where they're doing a marathon and then some guy gets woken up by his Alexa doxing him. Or you're just Lud <laughs> or you're just Ludwig who who will just continually stream until he stops getting like subs or whatever. <laughs> so he had to like stream his ah! entire twenty four hour day. Which is the most horrible thing that Yeah, that's I, the thing I, that people do all the time. They do subathons that, is, that keep going. That sounds like the worst kind of VOD ever. <laughs> I mean it kept vlog, going for vlog, like that's the word. It, it kept going for months, so he would just stream himself sleeping because like as just part of his day and he just had to keep streaming. <laughs> God. Man, that's insane! What a thing to do! All right, we've fully gone off on a tangent. Now. Yeah, by this point, <laughs> I do think. Um, I am curious because we've talked a lot about From Software's backlog of games. Armored Core is coming out soon. Armored Core Six, mm -hmm. and I think this is going to be yet another game that runs into this problem, but in the reverse of like people. I think people are going to go into this subconsciously expecting Dark Souls. Yes, of course we, we're they are. actually. No matter how many they've times done they've said everything it. they can to be like this no isn't Dark Souls. How we, many we've times actually, said we've hit like th this is like we we we've hit the uh like both an implosion and explosion at the same time where it's both of those things happening. <laughs> uh, and I because I I've been keeping tabs on it because as you can imagine I'm very interested in it and anytime there's like new news about it I I want to know because. We've basically been spoon-fed the same four minutes of gameplay for the last, like, two months, which is is fine. There are people that are actually mad about that. This is another thing I'll say. People are actually, like, like calling the advertising, like, terrible and saying they're, like, they're Bandai Namco is trying to kill the game before it's even out. It's like, dude, like, a full, like, almost five minutes of gameplay, and you're comparing this to Elden Ring, where they basically had nothing until the game came out. Dude, just <laughs> they calm had, down. Like, just, yeah. just calm down and rewatch the footage of the electric whip. Yeah. <laughs> but we you have um there's a split right now. Uh not on the same thing, but in in we have both people in the community already the game is not even out. Already saying that it's too casual and already God. uh uh already expecting it to be Dark Souls and <laughs> nobody has played the game yet except for, I think it was Game Informer. It was Game Informer because they did the they had a magazine release of it and that was the focus of it. Um, At least it's not basically. Up. It's just mm, listen. Some sometimes he's got good stuff to say. Yeah, we're not throw shade skill up. Skill up. I am a, he put I am out a one pro iffy review. <laughs> I am a yeah, pro skill up uh, avid watcher. Ninety percent. Also, I will note a lot of the points we talked about. Jesse Cox made really well for the Final Fantasy sixteen stuff. Really well on a video on his channel. It's like, is Final Fantasy sixteen for fans? Go watch that if you want to hear the rest of that conversation, basically, and like a response to that that's a little bit more edited and concise because 
it's a really really good video um mm. yeah, back to brett um but yeah so game informer got to play it uh and one of the one of the wonderful details that i love from this uh i think it was it was either them and ign or just them and ign talked about it and and revealed this uh but the the guy from FromSoft that was like minor like hey yeah you can go through this whole level we gave you all the weapons uh and all the stuff or whatever just don't like don't talk about anything in the menus we're still doing some like final passes on that stuff uh so of course in the article there's a screenshot of the menu uh, that shows exactly it, it has it has a line like like a, like a screen full of uh left oh, arm weapons right. um and a full scroll bar with the little scroll thing on it so people have done already have done the math of of how much you would need to scroll to get to the bottom uh and i think there's like 56 left arm weapons or something that people have done the math to. so already they right. they've they've they messed up <laughs> but uh constantly constantly the person playing is like writing about like hmm i was expecting something more like dark souls but it's not here oh interesting and it's like get out from underneath <laughs> your fucking rock bro like what the hell <laughs> this is armored core six <laughs> like oh, come on dude this is six this is numbered ones here like come on I of would, course it's nothing almost, like dark souls i would almost understand the confusion more if this was just called like armored core and it just wasn't part of yeah it was like a reboot franchise. or something and so people have this expectation that like oh maybe it's a but, but no, no 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 this is a much longer running franchise yeah and it's it's also like the all the footage of it shows like you're you're in a in the mech you're dashing around and flying neither of these things you can really do in you can only do other... that you can only do that in a dark Souls zero g mod of exactly <laughs> come on <laughs> step on it we gotta make that like dark um, Souls. And like shooting things, like mainly like there's melee combos now, but they kind of only show that off in like one part of the gameplay. So I don't, I really like you gotta either super not care and just realize that you're because because most of most of what this is coming from is is from the the news outlets that have like seen extra footage or other stuff like that. Um, and they they, they it feels like they have not seen what the rest of the franchise is and almost didn't even pay attention to what was happening because there's really no like you could tell it's made by the same company because it's like it's good I, I i guess and it's in the same engine so like the walking animation is the same okay uh so already there's like people are already you know completely shunning what reviewers might say about the game because they're they're admittedly spouting some things that just feel like they're not very educated when it comes to the subject matter uh which is also a fair assumption because they've spent the entire rest of the series dissing every single game that came out. Uh, I don't think a single one of them <laughs> has been rated above like an 80% anywhere, uh, which is a shame because the games are good. It was just absolutely not for the person that was reviewing um, and it didn't yeah. change to fit the needs of the people that wanted something more casual. But then we also have uh, people on the other side. This is normal, normal human beings that have not had the privilege to play the game yet. Uh, they they noticed that uh, uh, when you're walking around, there's like a, like a two second clip in the very beginning of the gameplay that your character is walking around and it turns to the right and people flipped out because there is multiple parts with uh, different stats that tie into turning speed in the old games because the camera is controlled differently 
and there was no lock on. You had to keep things the physically by like turning the the stick or using the bumpers or whatever inside a lock box. And that was the challenge. You had to keep the other guy in the lock-on box so that your guns would lock onto it and fire it that way. There's no... Because in, like, Dark Souls and Elden Ring, you can, like, click in the right stick, and it will snap you to an enemy, and it will... All your attacks will focus on it. So what that means is that they've shifted from keeping something into the lockbox with limited turn speed, and you have to balance your movement and turning to, to make the challenge be keeping it in the lockbox, to just having a regular lock-on. And if that sounds overcomplicated, yes. Uh, but people were going insane, absolutely livid because all of a sudden, oh, this game's going to be too casual. This game, this game, this game really is going to be just like a Dark Soulsification of the Armored Core franchise, and 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 the integrity is is completely ruined. It's going to play completely differently, and I'm going to hate it. And the game isn't out for over a month, and I'm going to hate it. I, there's just no way. <laughs> I've uh, never heard God, the phrase he Dark Soulsification be used literally. to say that something is going to be easier. Yeah, well, because... <laughs> okay, they confirmed that they're going to have a lock-on now. Do you assume that the rest of the entire game isn't going to be designed around that change? <laughs> like, I feel like most of the people who who see that and react to it are thinking of, okay, if I had like a normal lock-on in any of the older games, that's like having a lock-on in Halo. Like you just don't have to aim, and things will just blow up and die, and you just have to worry about moving, because all your shots will be hidden because you're locking onto them. That's This one is clearly not designed like that. In the gameplay, the enemies are dodging. There's the... the uh, I think it... No, this is Vati Vidya. He did a whole breakdown of the UI, because I haven't shown the UI yet. He did like a whole... On breakdown of all the meters and and bars the ui is like okay there, there's there's still heat and energy and health and speed and you gotta time this this and this and this and this that i saw from the gameplay dude you locking on is not gonna make a difference <laughs> it's clear yeah. that they have designed the game around that because it's like they're professionals i'm betting the reason is so that you can use the buttons and not have your thumb constantly on the stick Yes, <laughs> so uh, you can use all your I, cool abilities. I can't mm -hmm. get over the fact that people are freaking out about the fact that turned left. Yes, because <laughs> it's I can't, that, that's I can't the thing. Get over it. When when I was first reading it, because I already I, I've I've gotten past the the effective language barrier that there exists when you're talking to an armored core fan and they don't simplify anything. <laughs> uh, I already I've I've gotten past that because I've played the other ones. Like, oh well, that that is weird. I guess there's no like turning speed thing or whatever but then you, you literally think about it for five seconds and it's like oh this is this is a change that will make more people want to play the game without like sacrificing the people that yeah. have already played all the earlier armored core games it's this also like if you like want something. a mech game with turn radius go play mech warrior like mech warrior exists it's still very good mm -hmm. uh and it has the big stompy mechs if you want to deal with the more technical side of like your mech has a turning speed, and you've got to lock and unlock the legs from the torso and all that. Like, oh. there's a game that has that. <laughs> so yeah. Armored Core 6 doesn't need to, uh, especially since it looks to be one of the faster playing Armored Cores. Like, this looks like it's aiming more for the, like, four side of things than two. Yeah. And, uh, and it's cool. Like I said before, it's okay that, that you know, long-running franchises change and switch things up. That's okay. Sometimes, mm -hmm. unbelievably, it could be for the better. And also, the game is wild. 
<laughs> yeah, th this is also another thing is the game is not released, which I think is why this is a, a point to focus on, is that we already have both sides of the argument. There's nothing to argue over yet. The the subject matter does not exist. It is not <laughs> tangible. Bro, it's aren't you yes. so glad? Aren't you so glad that Hi-Fi Rush was shadow dropped? Dude, <laughs> imagine I... if that had like a six wow. month lead in and people on the internet were debating what. I I oh. think I would not have wanted to play it. I genuinely <laughs> think I would not have wanted to play it because I think just like I I already am not attached. I I wasn't attached to it because it's not a part of a pre existing anything. Uh. And I think just the discourse around just like the trailer leading up to the release oh, for like the yeah. few hours. Such nonsense. <laughs> it's yeah, that over like a couple months, like screw that dude. The only reason that I'm still sticking out and just like observing all the annoying people blabbing from like a third person perspective is because I'm already invested in FromSoft and Armored Core and I don't think they're capable of making a game that is bad enough to be like disastrous like <laughs> yeah i i think that the one thing that I th just the easy way to placate the people that complain about something like this and this goes for things with like uh like remakes and remasters like changing like vital gameplay things or whatever is to to dare i say it for once do the konami thing and release a metal gear solid master collection where okay, here's 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 the old ones. They control the old way. They're old as shit, and they're HD now, so you can see how how the old <laughs> character models from the PS2 do not work very well without the dithering on so them great. from the PS2. Do you want to play them the old way? You can play them the old way. That's fine. And if if the game is that good, it'll hold up in the old way, and it won't even matter. But I do have a feeling that they won't, uh, because if they did do this for Armored Core, I think the old ones would get even more bashed than they used to be <laughs> because they play so differently than what you'd expect that the people that aren't the devoted fans they they would the the divide in the fan base would be even more separated between 6 and the older ones and, and i don't even know if that would be healthy for it and for better and for worse at the end of the day you got to realize that the the people making these video games uh need money <laughs> yeah and so it's like you're you're gonna take this this niche franchise and you're you're in the spotlight now you're from soft everyone knows who you are now and then you come out with with an armored core that is just like the old games it's not gonna work out nearly as well as a lot of people think it's going no. to it's just not you know they're... and whether whether you like that or not that that's a different whatever it's they're not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> they need to make money at the end of the day. <laughs> they can only get away with making a game so hard before they go too far, and it's no longer it, it's it's you you stopped you stopped releasing little amounts of of things slowly slowly getting the masses into more and more difficult stuff. You can't you can't blast people into tank controls in twenty twenty three. They will kill you. You can't do that. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Unless you're Mac Warrior. Then you can still have tank controls. <laughs> well, they also that is also it is a completely different speed designed around the, the, slow, the tank controls. Yeah, it is well, such a different pace. And also, I I would argue that Mech Warrior isn't in the same spotlight that FromSoft is. Oh, Definitely absolutely not. Yeah. Like, like not. Their, their their placement in the industry requires different things for their games. That's just how. Absolutely. Works. Yeah. It's the same thing where like 
this is going to be a bit of a weird comparison. It's the same thing where, like, we're never, ever going to get, like, a classic Star Trek show or a classic Star Trek anything again. Because it just doesn't translate. Time. It just doesn't. Yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, that's a different discussion. But, like, it just wouldn't translate today. No one outside of a very vocal minority of Star Trek fans would watch something like classic Star Trek. Mm -hmm. It just it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. That reminds me, there was a, a Star Trek game that came out not too long ago that I believe is a like classic oh. Star Trek inspired game that just had no oh, marketing, did, bizarrely. Oh, did, oh. Did, my, did my point just go right out the window? <laughs> Star Trek Resur Resurgence. Yeah, it came out a couple months ago. I haven't heard anything about it, so maybe that's true. <laughs> I think it fully maybe maybe my radar. point stands. Maybe my point stands. Ah, it was Epic Game Store exclusive. That'd do it. Ah, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, that that tangent aside, I think that all the, these are all good points. Um, I think this is just telling of the games industry is a place where everyone feels very entitled to have an opinion, which they should. Like you, you should mm. feel entitled to have an opinion about something. Maybe don't always share it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I do think there's there's a case to be made here of just people that are fans of games tend to be in a competitive mindset. And don't take well to conflicting opinions, mm -hmm. and it it leads to problems. Uh, and so, I, I think it's good to maybe just try not to be competitive. Uh, that's always a good thing. Social media was a mistake. <laughs> an argument that no one will disagree with. Wait, can't so you? It's not even an argument. Are you telling me that you're not excited for all the Armored Core TikToks? <laughs> I, you know what? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Make them. I don't have a TikTok, no. so I'm not going to see any of them. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Almost like when there's something that doesn't affect your life in any way, it's completely pointless to complain about it all the time. That's crazy. Yeah. I think ultimately, I, I, I don't know. like oh, the, oh, the oh, whole... people have to insert themselves in every argument they can to find meaning in their life. <laughs> I I do think. I, at least I feel maybe maybe I'm just being Googled into the echo chamber that has been decided for me by the algorithm. Uh, and and it just feels like this to me. But I do feel like just every time that something like the Final Fantasy 16 happens, which I think is the is the biggest, most recent example of just like mass at least until Starfield outrage <laughs> until Starfield. Yeah. But it, it's like when, when people realize that uh they've been just playing modded Skyrim the whole time and not the way that it was released and that they're completely different from what a Bethesda game actually is. Uh, it, it's like a, a, as much as people are like freaking out about things more and more, I feel like the result of that is that also more and more people are like, man, this is, this is really stupid and it's just such a waste of energy. I'm just going to, I'm not even going to get mad at him. I'm just going to laugh at the people that are this uh, like intensely upset by something and just I, I, I don't even I haven't even played Final Fantasy 16 I probably won't for a couple of years uh, I, I have I, I have my own opinions about so many other things that people are going to disagree with but I don't even care if it's part of being an adult or just not being a blithering fucking asshole just, you could just not pretend that yours is the only thing that matters to the whole world you can be like ah yes i i my opinion about this uh 
show that seven people have watched is important to me, that's that's good. Things should be important to you. But that doesn't mean anybody else cares. Uh, and and spreading that kind of negativity just by being like, you're, I didn't like this part of this game, even though it's been there for the entire franchise beforehand, so I'm going to say that it's bad and make a four-and-a-half-hour video essay about how the other ones are better, and in it I will be wrong and reveal that I've played none of the other games, and that I'm actually <laughs> stupid, and that I'm going to sound... How do you sound like sound... <laughs> Listen... <laughs> I thought he sounded like a redditor. It, it, oh, Acer, experience. Oh, Acer <laughs> Like, All right. just go for it. Brett. Just shut up and enjoy what you like and dislike what you don't. And you, it doesn't matter what. I don't care. Ultimately, I have to deal with him almost every single week. I don't. I don't care what Wyatt likes. He's <laughs> below me on my screen right now. He can like whatever he wants. He's his own human being. That's good for him. He shouldn't care what I like either, because I know he wouldn't like it, and that doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you both watched Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Find common ground wherever you need to. Uh, this is true. Yeah, I do want to throw a wrench into your, your statements, Brett. Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Games that I think are kind of an inverse of what the Final Fantasy 16 situation was, of... Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are notable departures from the prior couple of Zelda games. I mean, it's, it is kind of the same scenario where, like, the length of time between Zelda games is long enough that I expect them to be different. Like, there's not, mm -hmm. they're not iterative sequels. They're not basic things. Like, there's going to be sweeping changes. But I do think, especially in the case of Breath of the Wild, less so for Tears of the Kingdom, because uh, I think Tears of the Kingdom, they tried to gain back a lot of people that were kind of turned out over the course of Breath of the Wild being like, oh, well, I, I still, I miss dungeons, I miss there being things that are a little bit more combat-focused or a little bit more uh, puzzly and solution-y that aren't just, like, use one of these abilities. Um, but when Breath of the Wild came out, there were largely, first of all, there was the attitude that it was game of the year, which is how everything ended up in, like, yeah, it's, it's a great game. But if you're if you've played all the other Zelda games and you go in expecting Twilight Princess from Breath of the Wild, you're going to be disappointed because it's just not there. Like, there's no... It's very different. The story is not there. The uh, the dungeons aren't there. It's just a, a weird departure from the older style. But there's, there's things that it has that are really, really worthwhile that are just wholly different. And I think this is more where that, that statement that, like, sometimes a game just won't be for you... And yeah, it can suck if it's in a franchise that like typically is. Um, like I, I think, I think Call of Duty would be hard pressed to make a Call of Duty that is not for a Call of Duty fan. Like, yeah, the, they know what their fan base likes, and they keep making it uh, for good reason. Battlefield, and however, I think mm. Battlefield is a whole other side. <laughs> of the we'll talk about Battlefield in a second. Uh, <laughs> I do think. That, like, Breath of the Wild exemplifies that problem where for certain people they're just going to feel left behind by a franchise. I think that's okay. Like, I think at the end of the day that is a, that's fine. It's the case of, like, a franchise evolving and becoming something different. It, it does suck that if there's nothing there to pick up that slack. Like, I, I think mm -hmm. we don't often get games that have the puzzle box design that Zelda games are often known for. Um, thankfully, Tears of the Kingdom went a long way to add that back into the Breath of the Wild formula, but I, I think 
for Breath of the Wild, that that period, like two years after the game released, where everything was kind of the public opinion sort of turned a little bit on it, and it became more of a, hey, this isn't the Zelda that I remember, uh, was sort of the prevailing opinion. I I think that's just a case of like, yeah, it's not, and that's fine. That's that's okay for it to be different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully they'll they'll make a game that's more traditionally inspired or, or brings back something like the the temples that are a little bit more dungeony. Uh, and if but, they don't, it, go go to Steam or Itch.io right now, and you will find yeah. like at least twenty solid indie projects by like three people that are maybe in like a demo yeah. playable state. Check right out some indie dungeon crawlers. That's, that's what I'm that stuff. Uh, tunic too. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's my God, it's, to, I need to revisit that game. It's been a while. It, it's similar to Final Fantasy, where like if you feel like Final Fantasy has kind of like left you behind in their in their march towards whatever it is that they're doing, there are so many other things you can play that will scratch the exact same itch. Mm-hmm. Maybe some games that scratch that itch a lot more than any Zelda game had before. Yeah, Possible. this is true. Because I I would and, say that like oftentimes the new newer Sony games are not at all in like content wise but in structure a lot of them feel like the old zelda games where you're like moving through and eventually coming to important things there's a whole story going on i think you you get that from god of war which is bizarre to say that god of war feels a lot like zelda but (laughs) i think (laughs) god of war especially 2016 does Yeah, and, and my, my my response to that response, Ryan, is to say that it still doesn't matter because I I, I have found it that I just don't care. Uh, because I, I, I did used to be the person sitting here that would definitely bash Breath of the Wild, but now I just realize that I just it's annoying uh, uh, to feel like that all the time, and that I still he- I still haven't even played all the old Zeldas yet, so there's no point. And me being vitriolic about it, yeah, there's other so games. I'm just gonna not care. There's other you know games. Why? That's the same. And you know, Brett, that, like, Okami, the world would Okami be a better it's... place. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that had that response to this. Um, and yeah, Okami yes. exists with phenomenal Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best one. It's not even Zelda. <laughs> it's screwed up. <laughs> just, just find and, a and healthy I... amount of apathy. Mm-hmm. And and again, to tack on the idea that like, hey. Listen, if you have an opinion that you can back up with solid, sound reasoning, that's totally cool, too. And I I respect the amount of effort that you put into your own opinion, as long as it's your own opinion. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you don't try to force it on me. It's it's okay to tell it to me, but you don't need to don't expect people to agree to everything Um, because you'll have better conversations that way. You'll learn more about games and each other. Uh, All right. Let's talk about Battle Bit, because Battlefield Hell yeah. has become, I think, one of the best examples of a game franchise no longer being for the people that enjoyed it, to a degree yeah. that really has killed it. Like, they lost so, so much faith in their, their player base just lost so much faith in them after repeated releases that are just not what people have wanted from a Battlefield mm-hmm. game. And then in comes Battle Bit. Swangin'. Comes uh, can, we give like a sta- can we give like a standing ovation to Battle Bit? Just, <laughs> just, I, just I think, genuinely. I, I think the true innovation that Battle Bit really did, like besides, you know, just being a good return to form uh, from something like 
20 was it 2042 or 2048 whatever the 2042 scoreboard 2042 yeah it does wow. have it's a scoreboard because like, get it it's like 1942 except 2040 except 2040 yeah. and wow <laughs> I, I i think by by this point i think enough evidence can be mounted against it uh, I mean, not even by this point. I think immediately, it, I think Battlefield 2042 went straight past not being for someone and just being not good. Like it's just not a good game. I, I think there comes a point where like there, there a game are is some games that belong on the one part of a one to ten. Yes, <laughs> that the whole scale exists for a reason. But like it, like at at some point you get to. Like what is what is the game for? And the answer is nobody. Money. So it's just bad, or or money. So it's just bad. But I uh, Battlebit is uh, the, the, it's called Battlebit Remastered, and I did look into it, and it is true that uh, it's just been in internal development so long that it's been remade internally from the ground up. That's why it's called Remastered. <laughs> uh, is is a is a large scale. A first-person shooter that just came out in early access. This is the most generous early access that could possibly be accessed early because it doesn't no feel like early access. It's, yeah, issue. I haven't seen a, a single <laughs> took, bug. Yeah, if they took the early access tag off of it, nobody would complain. Genuinely, nobody. yeah. It is so hard uh, to complain for $15. <laughs> it's a fraction of the price of, like all the first person shooters that are coming out that have been like in some way not loved by like the core player base uh as of recently but it it's it just feels like it feels like a a more well-rounded Battlefield 4 and that's incredible coming from a team that I I I don't think it's any more than like 10 people or something I want to say it's like really small cuz it's just like yeah, the only guy doing the the like bug updates on their Discord server is the same guy who started the project, and it's just uh. him doing all of them. Oh. Uh, so I I can't imagine there's a lot of people on the team, but like even so, okay, when an indie game comes out, you would expect uh like okay, the mechanics are really good. Like when an indie game is good, the mechanics are really good. Uh, uh, maybe it has like an interesting art style or whatever, and like they they they're stretched to the limit when it comes to things like, uh, like sound design or like great map design or something. And Battlebit hits it out of the park on everything, including those, because the sound design in this game that looks like Roblox is bonkers it is like deafening when you get into a gunfight with like 50 people shooting at each other in a subway tunnel it's oh, it's God. deafening there's so much machine gun fire and it's all like bouncing off the the walls because you're inside and it's all like bassy and loud uh and then somebody comes in because the 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 voip as we mentioned before is like just easily accessible and filters out any bad stuff so you just have people being funny all the time so it's just a, a, a gunfight that's just deafening and then some guy runs in and he's reviving everybody and black eyed peas is bass boosted playing as loud as physically possible over his mic and people are screaming black eyed peas black eyed peas get me up yeah you're our hero yeah 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 well fergalicious is just, just <laughs> vibrating your eardrums it's you hear incredible. i'm a b 20 times in a row and you know the healer's coming in <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh my god it's, it's so good it's so much fun 
And the big thing for me, and I, I, I mentioned this several times whenever we've talked about Battlefield 2042, the secret sauce to a Battlefield game is that there's chaos, but it is a organized, controlled chaos. Yes. Right? And 90% of that comes from your classes and how that kind of organizes all of your fights because everyone's got a role everyone's doing their own thing 2042 threw that out the fucking window it's gone it's very <laughs> anyone sad. can use whatever piece of equipment they want there's some vague uh attempt to like have some kind of class de- no, no 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 it's gone once that element in a battlefield game is gone it's it's you've you've unleashed the the chaos in a way that isn't fun anymore it feels Mm -hmm. aimless there's no like direction to anything it's just a mess it's also just confusing because like as a player i want to click on the thing that says assault and then i understand what my job is if i click medic i know what i'm doing if i click support i know oh hey i probably have ammo i can give people like yeah it's good to have roles because those roles mean something and they help people get into the game and understand like how they're supposed to play. Um, and yeah, Battlebit does a phenomenal job at that. I think it's just a case of like Battlefield's core audience knows what they want. They want Battlefield three and four again. And yet dice with some of the newer stuff with with some of the good ideas like added in. But DICE has repeatedly just tried to experiment and done other things, but these experiments have just gone so off-base in terms of what's going yeah. on that, like, they're not the same game anymore. And, like, I'm not I'm not saying that Battlefield 1 and 5 are bad games, because, but they're just not the same thing. Like, I, when I think of Battlefield, I don't want a World War 1 or World War 2 game. I want Battlefield 4. <laughs> like, I, I want a is- modern game. And even as as someone whose favorite Battlefield game is Battlefield One, I completely under I completely understand the fact that it doesn't scratch the same itch that the Battlefield Four guys or the Battlefield Three guys have. There's not nearly as much customization. That modern setting isn't there anymore. It does feel different because of the time period, and I completely understand that. And so yeah. this is a really good. I mean, that, that was more of a case of like I think that's where we can bring up the whole like it, it just wasn't for me. Like, yes, Battlefield One, I think especially is just like, yeah, good game. I I'm just not as invested in a, in the idea of a World War One shooter that still feels like a modern shooter. Like, I would mm-hmm. rather play Hell Let Loose, which feels very uniquely like it. It's it trying to capture the feeling of that era, than yeah. uh, Battlefield One. Whereas I think Battle Bit is just like good old fashioned Battlefield fun. And it's been phenomenal every time I've played it. Like, there's no... I, I have not had a bad match of Battle Bit. Because it's mm-hmm. excellent. It, it is an excellent game. It's got the destruction that people have always wanted from Battlefield. It's got tons of, like, vehicles and whatnot and maps when you actually are, like, playing on bigger maps. It's got huge player counts that go back up to the size of, like, Mag in the PS3 days. Like, yeah, it's great. It, it's fantastic. And it has all these elements that I think a lot of modern games have just forgotten or decided not to do because of a focus yeah, on like yeah. smaller scale stuff and small scale I, stuff is great but i want 127 players on a side yeah <laughs> i i really wish i enjoyed that kind of you know, military first person shooter that enough to because i i i have not craved something more in a video game than being in a collapsing building yeah. <laughs> it's got your back man it's true <laughs> 
And you and know it, what? If you're if you're playing medic, you literally do not have to shoot anybody because people will praise you, and you'll get top of the scoreboard just for reviving people for the whole entire game. You're not you have to shoot a single bullet. And when you die, you can either respawn immediately or wait for someone to come res you. Like it's very easy to handle. Whereas I think like a game like Hell Let Loose has a smaller audience because it has a lot, a lot of hardcore mechanics. Battlebit has like one or two more complex things. Like when you reload, you're actually taking the mag in and out. And so if you had bullets left, you're going to grab a mag and you'll have like a mag with half of your magazine. Um, Well, that was that was one of the most impressive things for me was that it was able to balance hardcore mechanics, but also the approachability of Battlefield. It like Mm -hmm. just threads that needle. So, so it's got buildings so you can build fortifications. It's got rally points. You can add custom spawn points, but none of this stuff is complicated. Like it, it draws the line very easily between being too complex and knowing exactly how to feel good. Uh, And I think that's precisely what it needed to do. And I'm going to say this too. This game was made in Unity Engine, which I think gets kind of a bad rap, uh, unfairly, because it's a very... It's a very good, versatile engine, if you know what you're doing it. And I say that as someone who is sitting with three other people that have quite a bit of knowledge and uh, and, uh, experience with this engine. Um, Also, as someone who has several times uh, tried to create first-person shooter mechanics and make them feel good from scratch, it's really, really impressive how good the game feel is here. It's... I don't know if they use plugins. I don't know if they, uh, you know, did it from scratch or something like that, but... Top marks. So yeah. well done. So yeah. Either well way, done. they landed exactly where they needed to be for it to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, it's, it's one of those things where, because this has been in, it, like, again, it says early access on Steam, but it's been in, like, early access for a while on, uh, they, they had one public demo a couple of years ago, I think for one of the Steam Next Fest, where it's like you had to apply and they just let everybody in. Uh, who applied um but uh ever, ever since then i i've been like this this game is great and i'm going to follow the discord so i've been in there and they keep doing like private play tests for the last like months leading up to the early access release and the whole time like they it's it the game has always felt like this good to play <laughs> like i don't really know what they did but like the guy knows what he's doing i don't know it like i i guess the the being internally rebooted or whatever between the few people it was being made by like really must have done wonders because they were able to really nail exactly how this kind of fps should feel like nothing feels clunky nothing's too fast where you're like zipping around all over the place it it just feels it feels even smoother than battlefield 4 does nowadays i think because i think 4 has been around for long enough where uh, the 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 seams have started to become a little bit visible. If you, if it like, I just never, I never want to play on Operation Locker ever again. As long as I live, like you'd have to pay <laughs> me money to play on Operation Locker. Uh, and Battlebit doesn't have the problem that Operation Locker does. Where you're like, okay, yeah, if for people that want the meat grinder, there is that aforementioned subway tunnel that I was talking about a couple minutes ago, where it is just literally a hallway, but it's oh, at that bridge. Yes, the the bridge too, um, but it's like at the bottom layer of a map that has a whole city on it, and people are just there because it's one of like seven objectives, and there's two hundred fifty four players in a completely filled server 
So it just people who want the meat grinder just go to the meat grinder and have their fun. And if you want to sneak through a city and, and get some sniper kills, then you can go to the tops of buildings. Or if you want to drive through the city streets and, and shoot at people who are trying to peek out windows and shoot rockets at you, you there's a tank. If you want to blow up those people, you can play as the guys peeking out the windows, shooting rockets and stuff. It has all the exactly things. Exactly like, how I've, I've been playing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, like when in the older Battlefield games, when the trailers would be like zooming through like the, the perspectives of all the different classes and they show you what they're doing, like it goes like the uh, assault guy is like rushing a point and he kills a bunch of people, then he gets sniped by the recon guy. But then the uh, uh, medic runs up to the other assault guy and revives him in the sniper's scope. And then the sniper gets shot at by, like, a helicopter who kills him. And then the helicopter gets shot at by the, the RPG from the engineer class. It's all, like, it feels like that again. And Battlefield has not felt like that for a while. Uh, and it's $15 and will probably be one of those games that goes on sale, like, for nothing every time there's a Steam sale. And so that's just, it's, it's, it's a miracle. It's really a miracle. They've already added one map since the game went early access, and it's only been like a few weeks. So I, I don't know. I have full faith that they're going to keep this up for as long as they can. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't until... have a small number of maps either. Like, that's oh, yeah. an important mention. Like, this is launched with a full suite of maps for every player size. Have you like... seen how many game modes are in this game? Yeah, it is absolutely insane. You know what? I'm going to pull it open right now just so I can get a number. Because I, I was looking at like the um, uh, like uh, server browser, and then it lets you like pick all the game modes. And I was like, what? They even have gun <laughs> what game. What even are these? Like, this yeah, this little early action game has gun game. They have infection. Mm -hmm. It took Ooh. Halo Infinite two and a half years to add infection. And this like $15... Uh, early access game has it day one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But th clearly, there's there's just no reason to have all these game modes because nobody's going to play them. They should just take all the other ones that people aren't going to play out of the game. Then, I love you know, Battlefield Five so much. <laughs> letting people vote and rotating missions and all that. Like that's that's another thing. This game has map voting in it with like five or six choices on the bottom of the screen and you can vote for what game mode and you can vote daytime or nighttime yep. and you can rate the map positively or negatively and you can describe <laughs> why you gave it that rating and you don't have to type anything you just click on it with a mouse for all of those wow at the end of every single match have we, have we mentioned that this it is an early access <laughs> <laughs> like I just absolutely these, insane. These are things that every game should have, and I. It's just the reason they don't probably isn't flatly because the people making them don't care. But it's just like they're made at such a such a developer intensity and and budget, and with a, such a crazy high amount of people, and with like a crazy like okay, if you have to change something in like in engine in a Battlefield Five map, like that's that's gonna take like like a couple of weeks of like purely devoted dev time because like that's that's a realistic looking game you got to redo the whole like baked in lighting engine gotta get make art sure for the... everything like exactly but for for like battle bit it's just like ah yes these are i, I we want to take in these review scores because we probably can change them pretty easily if enough people agree on there's not enough cover in the middle of this field like all right we'll just 
pop out some grass assets and put in some gray blocks in there. Plus, plus, how many times have we heard behind the scenes that whatever tools developers are using, they they don't even want to use, and it takes mm-hmm. forever just to move like a boulder. Mm-hmm several inches to the left here it's unity it is so easy to get your hands dirty real quick and just move stuff around it is relatively so easy (laughs) that's that's the thing is like i people maybe some of them are serious but i feel like it's just lovingly making fun of the fact that the game looks like roblox with nice lighting but like dude if if, if if this is this good, I would like for the next Halo game to look like Roblox because this is <laughs> incredible and it's very clear that it's going to be very re- relative to like a big like huge like you need a thirty ninety to play this game a million trillion dollar budget game like relative to that it's going to be so much easier for them to make changes fix things add in new stuff and just improve the experience like I don't like this it's very it, I feel like this is making it clear to a lot of people that just play FPS games that we don't need to see the individual pores on like an American soldier's like forehead to there's a, like enjoy they get domed. There's a yeah. there's a time and a place for those things. If you want to play like a like I'm I'm going to throw this out there. If you want to play like a naughty dog last of us type experience. There's a time and place for hyper realism, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like with multiplayer games, it just needs to look fine it just needs to be yeah. like it just you just needs to be clear you need to know that shit. what the heck is going on because here's the thing no matter how you feel about battle bits art style you watch gameplay of it you know it's battle bit mm-hmm. it can't be mistaken yeah. for any other multiplayer shooter you know except exactly for maybe roblox <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh by the way let's take a guess how many game modes do you guys think are, oh, are in the game 15 okay 15 10. what i'm I Alex? I have no concept of <laughs> I fifteen's a lot. Throw out a number. A big number. Fifteen I'll, is a I'll huge. Throw out a number. <laughs> I'll give it a crisp nine. Nine. Okay. You all guess too low. There's oh, seventeen. No. Seventeen. Incredible. Yes! God. Well, what a great game. All right. Yep. Well, I think we've we've run circles around this conversation. Uh, we've moved through topics, so it's time to go ahead and end up because we're we're at almost the two hour mark. Uh, we had a, a good good chat here. So as always, we're gonna go into shout outs. Who's got a thing they want to shout out? I do. Go for it, Alex. Shout out to the original Alien movie, and when they uh, and that that scene where they launch the body out into space. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it tumbles. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very funny. It's good. All right, uh, I want to shout out Age of Wonders Four. I've been playing a little bit ooh. of. Very good game. I played a bunch of cursed toads that became angels and got to good. fly around shooting lightning <laughs> magic at people, and that was very fun. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really cool Civ style turn based strategy game or empire building game that's also got turn based combat because it's Age of Wonders and that's its shtick. It's very good. It's a good time. Nice. Uh, I am going to put my foot down, <laughs> gosh darn it, and I'm going to shout out the new Indiana Jones movie because you should not be listening to... I, I think Wyatt will agree with this also. You should not be listening to people saying it's the worst thing ever. They probably Agreed. just didn't like it, uh, and I, I saw it, 
uh, with my dad, who's another big Indiana Jones fan. And I think if you like Indiana Jones, you will probably like this movie even a lot because I, I think it's, it's, it's up there. It's up there as a really good one. I, I did, I did cry because I'm stupid, but it's a very, very good movie and you should see it because it's worth your time and don't listen to people bashing it because they're wrong. I think, I think I'm not quite as warm on it as, as Brett is. I think I ultimately (laughs) came out of it liking it. I have my own issues with it, but yeah, as this is a, a victim of the uh, everything has to be a ten or everything has to be a one, and yeah. it just doesn't mm-hmm. it just doesn't deserve it at all. I don't think mm-hmm. it's you know the most amazing, incredible thing I've ever seen, but I I enjoyed myself, and I think for Indiana Jones, that that's all that matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right, what's your shout out, Wyatt? Uh, my shout out goes to uh, a show that I just finished the first season of that I was uh, introduced to recently. Uh, it's called The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, just finished the first season. Very excited to start the second season. And I'm so glad I get to just go into the second season and not have to have wait to however wait. long. Because, <laughs> yeah. wow, they end. <laughs> really on... ended on a close. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is one of the most ball busting it is like it is up there with like arcane levels of like ball busting yeah. cliffhanger endings where it's like oh, oh come arcane. <laughs> come Why, on. you could just go at, watch all 200 four hour long episodes of critical role if you want to get caught up <laughs> nice and easy you could just do that <laughs> yeah. you just go do that. i did <laughs> <laughs> And it was... Surely you have the time for that at your job, where there is plenty of sitting around to do. <laughs> and it was really cool to watch the show and be watching it with my girlfriend who loves Critical Role and was able to fill me in on a lot of the in-jokes and, like, stuff that happened in the in their, like, uh, like gaming sessions that made it into the, um, like, reoccurring gags and stuff like that. So that was, it was like having, like, a, like a trivia, like, <laughs> right next to nice. me, too. It was like permanently having that like Amazon X-ray thing open <laughs> the entire mm-hmm. time, which is cool. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, that brings us to the end of our show. We'll be back next week. Is not going to be a regular episode, but a pre-recorded. We played Exo Primal thing. Uh, after that, we'll be back, and then shenaniganry will happen. You know, we're, we got some Game Pass games coming up in August to talk about. It's most stuff. It'll be a fun time. We got Signalis. That's going to be real soon. Very soon. Alex. <laughs> <laughs>